Do you really know what your children are being taught in school? If you want to find out, stay tuned to Principles and Policies. Hello, this is Chuck Michaelis, the former chairman of the Institute for Principled Policy, a a now non-existent entity. And with me today is the head of the still-existent and very much alive and very active relationships under construction, Catherine Wood. And Catherine is the, I don't know what your title is, you're the... uh, I'm the president. You're the president, (laughs) yeah, the chief cook and bottle washer, the chief curriculum writer, chief presenter, chief trainer, blah, blah, blah. You, You do a lot of everything over there. And many of you may know, many of you may not, because we run the ads here in the spring for uh, the banquet, which this year is April 9th. Correct. Is that correct? April 9th at the Villa Milano. So keep that in mind. We will be hitting you up to sign up for the, the fundraiser banquet April 9th at the Villa Milano in, well, it's in Columbus, but it's very close to Westerville on Schrock Road. And those of you who have been to fundraisers there know that they have excellent food. I can no longer eat the lasagna because I I have a gluten allergy, but I can eat the chicken. And let me tell you, usually those places, yeah, the chicken, you know, the backup meal is, yeah. But, oh, no. I think we didn't even have chicken last year. I think we had fish. I can't remember, but it was really good. (laughs) It was excellent. Yeah, that's what I remember. It was first rate. And it always is there. And they do beautiful things. So uh, be listening sometime around the turn of the year when we really crank up the effort to get people to come out to the RUC banquet. But I want Catherine to talk a little bit about RUC, the trials and tribulations of what's happening at RUC, and also let us know what we can do to help And then we're going to talk a little bit about issue one as well. So, Catherine, I'll let you talk up yourself and your organization a little bit. And I'll listen and I'll ask questions. All righty. Thank you, Chuck. And you forgot to mention that you are the chairman of the board of Relationships Under Construction. (laughs) That's true, but I don't want to toot my own horn. I know that. And you do a great job and I appreciate it. And it's years. I, I wish I'd have looked up how many years of service that is. But, you know, our board is extremely faithful and good at what they do. And I appreciate them very much. Well, I know that we have people that specialize in different things. Exactly. Uh, we just had a finance committee meeting and that was, there were three of us at that meeting. And I know people involved there know something about finance, know more about finance than I do. Um, and me uh, yeah Uh, yeah all you got to do is look at my balance sheet and you'll know that i'm not all all that out of finance well we can't be good at everything you know no no, you can't but you know one thing i did our current bylaws uh, i still remember i was the vice chairman at the time and we rewrote those things from top to bottom yes in a meeting And we changed a lot of stuff based on my understanding of parliamentary procedure and some of the mistakes that were in there and some of the things that were like open doors to bad things and that kind of thing. So, uh, and that was very helpful. And you know what? Um, That was just taken off of a 
boiler point. Well, point. yeah. Um, yeah. And so we had to change it to meet what relationships under construction actually is. And by the way, we are a nonprofit organization. Uh, we've been working alongside of students, families, school districts, homeschool educators, uh, teaching skills to prepare our children for a life of success, stability, and optimal health in the present and the future. And we are a whole person curriculum. So that's the approach we, we take that the actual personhood is made up of five different areas. And that's the moral, the physical, the intellectual, the emotional, and the social. And we teach thinking of all of those five areas and helping kids to do so also. We present medically accurate information on how to achieve optimal health in the area of relationships and family. We want the best for our kids. And so RUC's sexual risk avoidance programs provide students in Ohio and across the United States and even in foreign countries the truth about relationships in the 21st century in spite of many challenges. We have over 40 different lessons to teach students real-life examples that address character development, communication skills, goal-setting, decision-making, healthy versus unhealthy relationships, dating violence, and constructing building blocks that will provide a pathway to successful life sequencing. That is by obtaining their education, moving into a job or a career, pursuing a partner for marriage, and then creating a family. So we are very thankful to be working in Ohio and across the nation. And what we really want is strong families for everyone. So that's who we are. Okay. You you use the phrase that uh, always strikes me, that we are at RUC, we are a sex... Sexual risk avoidance Sexual risk avoidance rather than other people in the field. Yes, who are sexual risk risk management. Reduction. Reduction, yeah. (laughs) Which doesn't work, by the way. (laughs) Well, of course it doesn't because, you know, people are not thinking in terms of once you get somebody to go into the particular behavior, they get more and more and more comfortable with it and therefore avoid less and less and less and less. Right. Our approach is to to do our best to train them to avoid that activity until mm-hmm. they're inside the bounds of marriage. And we really want them to flourish as humans. They, we want them to thrive and not just survive. So let me just tell you a couple of topics we teach. We teach risk avoidance to unhealthy behaviors, including alcohol, tobacco, drugs, dating violence, bullying, gambling, pornography, and human trafficking. And we encourage that optimal health that I mentioned and healthy relationships for all youth, which allows them to possibly reach their full potential as adults. So we are primary prevention as opposed to secondary or tertiary in your, if you're in the uh, medical health field. And primary just means we choose the best optimal path first. And so that's what we are. We want to help our kids think through this and make the best choices for their lives. 
I remember doing a calculation, oh gosh, years ago for you. It was a fairly yes. simple calculation, but it basically showed what happened if you didn't engage in some of the risk avoidance and you ended up basically being a father or a mother before your time, before you were married mm -hmm. and what it did to your educational outlook, what it did to, to your professional outlook and what it did to the, the outlook of your retirement. And the yes. number, I don't remember the number we came up with, but it was a tremendous amount of money and it was a tremendous amount of money before the interest involved. And, you know, I wish I could remember that because, well, I it know was multi return, multiple millions yes. of dollars. Yes. And I, our return on investment, we've had a couple of those those studies done for our organization. And that shows that really for every dollar invested in our program, we say the return on investment is $20. So I don't understand all those terms and everything. <laughs> I just know it's good. <laughs> for every dollar, they get back 20. Yes. So, so it's we're well worth our waiting goal. We saved the state of Ohio millions of dollars every well, not, year. Not just the state of Ohio, but grandparents mm -hmm. who get, have to get involved if there's a yes. grandparents, the parents mm -hmm. um, who are not ready for the the financial responsibility of having children and yet they're thrown into that. So they toss out their educations and they go to work. In many mm -hmm. cases, or unfortunately, sometimes they slough off the responsibility on the grandparents who are no longer really equipped to do that. I mean, I, I've, you and I both know you've, you've got a number of grandchildren, as do I. When you watch them for a weekend, come Sunday evening when they <sighs> picked up, you are absolutely strung out. There is nothing left. I have, <laughs> I have a, a grandson who we call Destructo Man. <laughs> who takes everything apart and you have to follow him around and make sure, I mean, you, what you can't duct tape him into his, you know, into his crib. Exactly. You got to follow him around and make sure he doesn't destroy things and doesn't uh, open drawers and dump them out and that kind of thing. Or hurt himself. <laughs> yeah. Now parents are also exhausted from that, but they still have more energy than we got. Yes, they are younger. And, you know, there's a, a song, and I don't know the name of it at all, but it's the grandparents love to see the headlights coming, and they're very happy when the taillights when leave. The taillights <laughs> leave. <laughs> yeah, we, we love to have uh, our grandkids over, but boy, uh, it's a lot of work. I uh, told I just told Chuck before we started that we had all, all of our uh, family over, well, almost all. I think there were 18 of us and we have 10 grandchildren and four children and their spouses. And I love our family dearly, but I was so exhausted yeah. <laughs> on Sunday <Yeah>. evening. <laughs> well, I know my wife like hibernates for a day. Yes, I tried, but I had a big instructor meeting on Monday. Uh, so that, I couldn't. See, that's the problem. <laughs> you're, you're still active in the business. Yes. You can't just stop. Nope. And we've, we've ha have had this discussion before because I w I've been on the continuity team, which means what do we do about Catherine when she decides to I know. retire? <laughs> and the answer is we don't know what we're going to do. Yes. Well, you know, I know that there, God is in charge of that, and I'm, I'm not worried. Right. Uh, and we have wonderful instructors and people that I put in positions that are really helping us move forward. And 
I'm just very excited what's happening. And can I talk, Chuck, just a little bit about the Ohio law Please that do. we operate under? It's called the Parents' Right to Know Act. And really, we've had versions of this law uh, since, oh, let me see, 1998 and and actually some back in the 80s. So, But this was updated in June of 2021, signed into law in Ohio. And it provides, it actually tells schools they must teach sexual risk avoidance education. And they must teach the healthy, healthy standard of abstaining from sex until marriage and teach that abstinence from sexual activity is the only protection that is 100% effective against unwanted pregnancy and sexually transmitted diseases. And then they give us several points on what we have to teach. So the first one is we have to stress that students should abstain from sexual activity until marriage. Then we have to teach the potential physical, psychological, and emotional and social side effects of participating in sexual activity outside of marriage. And one of the ways that we do that is with stories. You know, so the kids absolutely love our program. We're very, it has activities that they participate in and games and things that they really learn this stuff. And so the third one is teaching that conceiving children out of wedlock is likely to have harmful consequences for the child, the child's parents, and society. And you know, sometimes single parents get really upset about that. But if they will really just think how hard it is to parent by themselves, you know, we were not meant to parent alone. It really takes two people and even the people that don't agree with us. I just found a new book where even the people on the other side are writing that marriage and family are the best way to raise children. And so I like hearing that from the other side because it is something that is true. And I always say, if we wait around long enough, truth always comes to the surface. So uh, it's just a, a way of helping our kids be healthy and happy. People that are married are healthier, happier. They live longer. They acquire more wealth. It's just a better thing all around. And uh, so that that's one of the points. And then another point is distress that sexually transmitted diseases are serious possible hazards of sexual activity. And people don't realize in America, we have 26 million new uh, sexually transmitted effect, infections reported every year. Now think about that. That's the ones that are reported. There are several diseases that go on until until damage is done. You don't know you have it. Exactly. And so, yeah. yeah. And so, and I have to tell you, back in the '60s, there were really only two: syphilis and gonorrhea. And uh, so now we can hardly even count the number there are 30 are 30 are identified and that doesn't count all the different strains of those diseases so we have an, an epidemic on our hands that is destroying our children and our families and so that's something that's very very important and then next one is to advise the laws pertaining to financial responsibility of parents uh, to children born in and out of wedlock and again we teach it with a game and so the kids are uh, engaged, they're involved, 
And, you know, you remember the things that you actually engage in the lesson and you learn from that activity. And so they, they uh, actually love that lesson. So then the, another one, let me see, advise students of the circumstances in which it is criminal to have sexual conduct with a person under the age of 16 in Ohio. And in many states, that's the average is 16. There are some states that say 18. And then the other side is always trying to get the age of consent lowered. And really, the people that are trying to do that are predators on our children. And so uh, we have to constantly help kids understand that it is actually illegal because Planned Parenthood wants to say they want to teach consent. It's okay if the person consents. Well, really, somebody that's under the age of 16 in Ohio cannot legally consent. And so it's ridiculous to teach children under 16 that they have any consent at all because they do not. And then the last thing is what Ohio wants us to teach is emphasize adoption as an option for unintended pregnancies. And, you know, uh, we all, we have to think adoption is not giving the baby away. Adoption is the mother's right to choose what family right. gets to raise that child. So they're choosing the best option for that child. So that is really a very sacrificial decision. And we teach a whole lesson on that. So our kids are very open to what we're teaching and they get it. And I believe they're going to change the world. So Chuck, do you have any questions on uh, that? Yeah. Uh, first of all, you've said, and I, I've heard you say this many times, that the kids love the class. The class, yes, does. it's not it's more than one class. But oh, yes. Love the classes that are taught. Who doesn't like it? Because you and I both know that uh, there have been controversies around RUC. Definitely. And it's based on just what you talked about, the fact that uh, we're teaching that consent, for instance, is a slippery slope. Now, when we talk with adults, it's like uh, consent is fine. And when we talk with our enemies on the other side, consent is fine once you're able to to give that consent. There's a reason why you set an age of consent. 16, I think, is barely competent to make that kind really? of decision personally. Well, um, because it's just too hard. It's a 24-7 job. Look, Parenting look, is 24-7. And, you who know, doesn't like it, though? Who is it that does not like the fact that we are in schools teaching sexual risk avoidance? I don't like to use the term abstinence, even though... That's essentially what it is. That thing that got a kind of a black eye in the right. because of propaganda in the in the news media and that kind of thing. But that, uh, sexual risk avoidance is essentially don't have sexual relations until you're married. And right, you, and you you have to think about that. Who is it that doesn't like it? It's the predators. You know, they want our children to use any way they want. Exactly. If you pay any attention to the people who are tr actively trying to get the age of consent lowered or eliminated, mm -hmm. virtually all of them are doing so. You can if, find the, the evidence underneath. They're doing so so they may uh, engage in activities with children that should not be done. 
That is so true. And, you know, I love our Constructing Safe Relationships um, curriculum. In Ohio, In uh, uh, for 7th grade through 12th grade, students are required to have two lessons each year, 7th through 12th grade, on dating violence. And so that also includes, you know, all the things that go with that. What are the red flags and how, and also how can we have a healthy relationship? So we will always want to show them, here's the unhealthy relationship. Here's the healthy relationship. You get to choose which one you want. And so we always throw it back on the kids. This is your choice. You know, we're going to show you what's healthy, but you have the ability to choose either direction, but here are the consequences either way. So uh, dating violence is a terrible thing right now. And here's a great stat for you. 95% of the girls that choose to have sex before marriage have the great chance of having abuse in that relationship. So we really have to be careful. They're five times more likely to be involved in dating violence than those who do not have sex outside of marriage. So there are many, many good reasons to save sex for marriage. And that's, we talk about that. And so the kids are very open to it. And really they're, they're ahead of their parents because parents want to protect them, not let them hear anything bad. But in doing so, we don't prepare them for real life. And, uh, I've seen this over and over and over that people are so protective of their children, so shelter them from the world that when they are confronted with the world, it's absolutely overwhelming to the children. They don't know how to react. Some of them react negatively and and like just withdraw into a shell and Mm -hmm. other ones say, woohoo, here we are. It's a, Look, we didn't know all this stuff was out there, and here it is. Let's go I try know. it out. Um, it, it becomes the uh, like the Amish when they turn their kids loose when they're uh, in their early teens uh, for the room springer. Go live the life. Go live the world, and then uh, make a decision to come back to the community. Well, right. does that yeah. work out? And usually, I would say no, and it doesn't work out because the things that get done essentially imprint them for life with things that the the whole reason why the parents raised them the way they did. Exactly. You end up, if you're going to, if you're going to do that, you have to prepare them for the world because the world is not a kind place. Right. And, and I've always said, you know, monitor what's what they're watching and, and monitor and be there, know what they're watching and, and listening to and those kinds of things. But banning doesn't work usually uh, because right. they just sneak off to their friend's house and do it anyway. Right. What you do instead is, I mean, there are obviously some things. Don't watch pornography. If I find out you're watching pornography, you will be grounded. There, you, you, it, yes. That's not to be done. And some music, it's like, no, 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 no. Look, mm-hmm. this is not for you. you. You are a Christian, or even if you're not, if you're just a, uh, a person who... Uh, who, who wants to live a, well, if, if you believe you can live a, a, a moral life without your religious, uh, inter- yes. we don't want that religion interfering, but we want to live a moral life. They want to borrow our lifestyle. They want to borrow our 
our ethic. Uh, Right. And you're free to borrow it, but you need to understand why we do it that way. But sometimes you, you let them watch terrible shows and then you sit there and discuss it with them. I can remember I, I watch my stuff with my kids and I'm like, okay, what's wrong with this picture? What, what right. do you see that doesn't work? And they, well, they were always say, well, everything, <laughs> none of it works, but it's kind of fun to watch. I, I still have daughters that love to watch the real housewives. I forget which one they like. They like terrible new, show. They like, they like the, uh, two of them like the New Jersey one. And I'm like, it's awful. And they go, yeah, of course it's awful. It's a train wreck. That's why we like to watch it. Yes, yes. Um, and, well, and, I, yeah. You know, they Go knew ahead. they knew where there were problems and they knew where the problems were. They were just watching other people do stupid things. Stupid things. And you know what? I just said to one of my grandchildren this morning, guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Right. You just have to guard it all the time. And we know that evil is out there. It doesn't mean we have to participate in it. Right. So, right. You can observe it from a distance mm-hmm. and know it's from a distance and uh, not want to be a participant. It, it's sort and of, I, like, I, uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I just wish that people would understand how damaging pornography is. It is. And, you know, we teach it, but we don't get to teach it in every school because uh, I think the teachers are afraid and sometimes teachers are involved, you know, and so oh, sure. they they don't want their things pointed out. But, you know, it is such a damaging thing to the mind. If you think about this, when you drink alcohol, even if you become an alcoholic, if you give up alcohol, then guess what? That thing is gone. You have to go find it again before, you know, but it's, it's not, if you don't make it readily available, you can work through that addiction. Same thing with drugs. But the problem is with pornography, the pictures are imprinted on your brain and you can't get those out of there. And so it, it is a very, very damaging thing. And, um, I know that. Probably, I think it's fifty percent of pastors are involved in it. So we have, we've got a really big problem with it, and the pornographers are very happy because they make lots of lots of money. Oh, absolutely! And, they make huge amounts of money, mm-hmm. and and, um, I, yeah. and and it creates a damage that is it's permanent. Yes, um, you know, uh, heroin addiction and and meth addiction, those things. They also create a damage that's permanent, but you can still abstain and yes. keep yourself from getting further damage. Pornography continues to eat, to, to eat away at the brain. It's and brain. I have to, I have to tell you, you can, um, Oh no, I just forgot. What I was going to say, but, uh, Oh, people think I, you know, some of the girls think I want to be a porn star. Well, they think it's all glamorous, but what it really is the predator gets you addicted to heroin. So you will do whatever they say, to do um so that you can have your next heroin and so it, it is not what it looks like on the outside it is just not it is evil the worst evil that i can even imagine oh and, sure uh, sure it's a cycle because the the mm-hmm. the traffickers uh get the girls and they try yes. to they try to find girls who uh ha- already have esteem issues they like broken homes they like people who who are uh, right. party partier types, 
they then get these girls involved in in a relationship. They'll tell them that you know they'll they'll buy them clothes and buy them things and tell them you know buy them uh, let them do things that they want to do and that kind of thing. And then they they tell them they love them and all all that stuff lying. And then, yes. then they get them to do well. If you love me, you'll do this, and mm-hmm. then you'll be with this guy over here because he's my friend, and I want. And it builds from there. And at the end, what you're doing is it's a self perpetuating cycle. These girls feel so guilty and so horrible about what they're doing. Then they take the drugs to forget the pain of what it is they're doing, and then they need more drugs, and then they that means they need to perform more for the trafficker. And it's an ugly, ugly cycle, and it's very difficult for these women to break. I remember when Barry and I were working on, we were early on in the anti-trafficking movement. Back when the time when the liberal media said, ah, there's no such thing. You're you're all paranoid. You're all, uh, you're, you know, it's right-wing conspiracy stuff and blah. And now all of a sudden they're all on the bandwagon, of course. You know, I, and they'll, they'll tell you, I was there in the early days. No, you weren't, because I was, and you weren't anywhere near the room. Really. And, you know, really, uh, Chuck, I think it's even worse than that because they promise young boys and girls that they can have riches, they can have travel, they can have clothes. Before the weekend's even over, they have that child on heroin. Yeah. And and so the what bothers me, one of the biggest things that bothers me is somebody using pornography says, well, I'm not hurting anybody else. But we have a diagram that we show them how that person watching pornography is hurting everybody involved because it creates a demand for the product. And when, you know, demand increases, then people jump on board to make make money. Oh, sure. Uh And so so it really fuels the human trafficking industry. And so it's been there forever and ever. I mean, we think we found something new with human trafficking, not a chance, you know, but it's just worse now because of the internet and because of our ability to travel. So we've just discovered what's been happening under our noses all this time. Well, think about Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, really. Huge amounts of money, huge Mm -hmm. amounts of influence. Why? Mm -hmm. Because he's trafficking sexual favors to elites essentially who then look the other way while he continues to do that and in fact try to smooth the path for them that's why the so many of these people who were involved in that don't want to talk about it don't want they they would want this to be swept under the rug you have to decide for yourself if you think Jeffrey Epstein killed himself or not i'm i'm not going to weigh in on that but it is a question And it's a good question because when you look into it so deeply, so many leaders were involved and went out to that island that they called Pleasure Island and they called it that. Why? Alcohol, drugs, girls and 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 boys for those who went that direction. And does it have an influence on our even our politics? The answer is obviously if you look who went out there, Bill Clinton, Bill Gates. Every name that pops up, you ask you now. Did did every name that pops up engage in the things that go on went on and on Pleasure Island? Well, not necessarily, but doesn't matter 
the taint of corruption is on it. Right. And I, you know what I will tell you, Chuck, when we, when they do allow us to teach our addiction and relationship lessons, which we have for seventh grade, eighth grade and high school, when they do allow us to do that, we had an evaluation that we did from 2017 to 2020 uh, and found that the kids that had that lesson, the uh, use of pornography that they reported went down 13%. So, and if you looked at the control group, their use of pornography went up because they didn't have the program during the same time period. So we know that we can make a difference. And one of the things we know about evaluation is if you make a 3% change, uh, you have done something. Well, this was a 13% change because all we have to do is point out the consequences and the problems with the issue because kids don't have anybody to think through it with. And so we just think through it and we do it in a very tasteful way. We would never show any images or anything like that. Right. And so, so we do it in a very tasteful way. Our seventh grade lesson is called Prey, Predators, and Protectors. And we want them to realize that especially the guys, they can be the protectors and their parents are the protectors or should be. And so what they allow to go into their eyes and their heart and their mind determines what will come out. And so it's it's basically their choice if they look or not, and they need to be very careful and, and guard their, their eyes and their heart and their mind. Right. You know, uh, teaching young men to be protectors. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, that's a hard thing to do because in our current worldviews that, that are being perpetrated by people in schools and, and some of the people on the other side of these questions, that is a, uh, is a slap in the face to the idea that uh, men and we- women are equal and have the same abilities. And this, uh, well, for the most part, it depends on what you're talking about. Men are built, if you will, and this is where you run into trouble, why you've probably got some opposition. Men are built to be protectors. They're built to be, they have strength. They have mental strength. And by that, I mean, they can generally take a little more punishment than a, than a woman can before they, they break down. And there are people in uh, rampantly in education and in business and that hate that idea. They hate the idea that the the sexes aren't exactly the same with exactly the same talents and the exactly the same abilities. Well, I will say in the classroom, the kids are ready to hear this because girls are wanting a protector, somebody to protect them. And guys, when you tell them that they say, Oh, that's what, and actually, there was a school in Pennsylvania just recently uh, where the uh, school board passed the transgender thing that boys could be in the girls' bathroom and vice versa. And the kids were so upset that they planned a walkout. And on Monday morning after that, uh, all the boys got up and walked out of their classes. And, and when they were asked why they did that, they said, because we want to protect our girls. So see, there is a change coming. 
And a lot of people don't even know it and they don't recognize it, but it is coming because the pendulum has to swing back. So I have great hope in this generation. I do think we should talk about issue one for a minute. Oh, definitely, Uh, definitely. um, And And just because I feel like the pendulum is swinging there too, and it might get worse before it gets better, but it will eventually get better because when people see how evil this is, they rise up and they say no. And so we need people to understand the evilness of issue, issue one. And the first thing I want to say before I say anything else is, and I'm going to cough for a minute. So Chuck, you have to talk. <laughs> well, that's fine. I- I'm glad you brought up issue one because I started uh, l- talking about it last week. And I basically went at it from the pro-life aspect, but I've told people, and I think I told you at the last REC meeting, I said, honestly, some of the groups are making a mistake in not really talking up the fact that what happens in issue one is the parental rights are being not just restricted, they're being eliminated. The way the issue one is worded, it's a, it's a, an amendment to the first section, the first article of the constitution. And what it basically says is that that parents have absolutely no say in what happens to their children regarding gender changing, transitioning, not to mention abortion. What it was, it's not just about abortion. It's really about protecting children from all things. I mean, we could start to, the way this is worded, a judge could look at the, the language of this thing and say that, an 11-year-old, any age, pick an age, a 7-year-old, a 5-year-old, a 3-year-old, a toddler could be taken from their parents at the behest of a quote-unquote professional under the order of a judge and transition to another sex. As in as far as you can do that, you uh, we've talked mm-hmm. on this show umpteen thousand times. I'm a biochemist. You cannot change a double X into an XY or an XY into a double X. It doesn't matter what you do. You can't change that. All you can do is all you can do is alter the plumbing. Does that really change a person? No, it does not. And even when you give them hormones and essentially destroy their little brains, because that's prepubescent people who get on hormone therapy, hormone blockers, and that kind of thing, it stunts mental growth and brain growth. So what yes. do you get? You you essentially come out with a very brain-damaged people who are then both physically damaged, depending on how far you take it, or mentally damaged, or both. Yes. And, you know, I think all we have to do is look uh, north, to Michigan, they they just passed this. Somebody's trying to call my phone, which never happens on this. <laughs> no, phone. never, never. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, Michigan passed this uh, issue back, almost written the same, back in November of 2022. So if we look at that, there is a video out of the governor saying to her, and she's got she's speaking at a Planned Parenthood event, of course, and she's Gretchen. saying. Now it's time to uh, pass laws saying there's no parental rights and 
that abortion can be done anytime. And so they're not only making the amendment in the Constitution, then they're turning around and passing laws that this is all okay. So the other thing I will say is that in Illinois, they passed a law that it actually, uh, it wasn't worded that way, but it actually closes down uh, all the pregnancy centers. And luckily, a judge looked at this and put a stay on it in Illinois. So the pregnancy centers are still open there. But the result of passing issue one is that pregnancy centers, there's 150 of them in, in Ohio, uh, will most of them have to close down because they won't be able to afford the legal fees. And programs like ours in the schools will be closed down. So the parent right to know law will be It's abrogated. That's right. It's abrogated because of this amendment. Right. It wipes those laws out and makes them unconstitutional on their face because it's written in the Constitution mm -hmm. that there are essentially uh, no parental no parental rights. And if At you all. look, if you think yeah. we're lying, if you think we're being absurd. I invite people to go out to seethelanguage.com. Yes. And seethelanguage.com. See that will t take issue one and parse it through word by word and tell you exactly what it means and exactly what will happen once this is placed into law, if it is. Yes. And I will say uh, to your listeners, Every time they you hear them say vote yes, you know that everything they just said is a lie. And that's exact one of the things that we teach in our constructing safe relationships. Uh, we talk we talk about what a narcissist is. A narcissist is someone that whatever they're doing wrong, they blame on the other person. Okay, so you can actually see what they're doing wrong by what they say we're doing. Whatever they say um, that that, uh, you know, they uh, you just have to look and say, OK, whatever they're saying is a lie because it is a lie. And they're projecting the things that they're doing wrong onto the other uh, people who believe the other way. So. It's important when you when you see that vote yes, you say they're lying. Just say they're lying because they are. And uh, I, I I wanted to talk just a minute about uh, issue two. Go ahead. Because because people say there's you know issue two is not a constitutional change, so we could change the laws if it passes. Well, to me that is terrible logic. Oh, it's awful. Uh, because. People really don't understand what marijuana is right now. And marijuana, uh, in the 60s, uh, it was only 1 to 3% of THC, which is the hallucinogenic part of right. uh, marijuana. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, 97% CBD, which is a calming type effect. Well, now it's actually re reversed. And THC is now uh, up to 95 to uh, 99% of the marijuana. Now, what that does is it's so strong that uh, if they're young kids, they absolutely cannot take it. They die. Uh, teenagers, depending on their size and how much they took, 
one of the things that they reported in Colorado is, first of all, the emergency centers are overrun by these kids. And part of the reason is they don't know what to do. They feel terrible. And one of the things that they do is they will run hot water on their chest to try to alleviate what they're feeling, mm-hmm. but they don't have any cold water in it. So they they scald their chest. And by the time they get to the emergency room, there's a new term of what happens. They actually um, are screaming and vomiting at the same time, and they call it scrometing. <laughs> so this has been going wow. on in Colorado since 2012 when they passed it in Colorado. The third thing that happens is cartels move in because really the medical market belongs to the black market and people don't understand that. Um, you know, there are good things about marijuana, but the medical market owns everything. And so the cartels move into the suburbs, they'll buy a house and they're allowed to grow so many marijuana plants in the house. So they will uh, be growing their marijuana in that house. And then the, the drug dealers come in and out because people complain that their uh, medical marijuana costs too much. So they go to the black market. They don't sure. ever really use that card that they have uh, because it's cheaper on the black market. So So that creates a market. And the cartels move in and they take it over. And that's exactly what's happened in California and Colorado. And it will happen here if we pass that law. So I would say vote no uh, on issues one and two. And just remember, vote no in November. 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 I like that. Yes, it's November. That's uh, right. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I don't know if you've been to Colorado. I was in Denver, oh gosh, uh, maybe 2013, 2014, somewhere in there. And we were in downtown Denver, uh, Barry Sheets and, and another uh, pastor. Mm-hmm. And I, we were there to visit with another pastor. Uh, but we, w- Barry and I always went to uh, uh, bookstore hopping. Mm-hmm. Bookstores and antique stores. Yes. Well, well, guess what? <laughs> Right down the street from all the bookstores and the antique stores, the main concentration are several marijuana shops. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the number of people milling around and panhandling to get enough money to go bu- go in and buy some more dope yeah. was breathtaking. Uh, um, and it's and I will tell you, I just saw that in Atlanta, that the hotel that I was in was a high class hotel, and. I, you know, you go down to get food from the snack bar and there's all this marijuana candy. And it's very, uh, very hard to read the label to find that that is, has marijuana in it. So then send that, that gets children hooked. No, sure. And, and so it's, it's just evil. It is pure evil. Well, I, I can remember, you know, remember I grew up in the seventies. <laughs> Yes. So I'm not unfamiliar with the, uh, um, you know, the uh, supposed charms of the uh, uh, the cannabis plant. Um, and I do know that I had friends who were they said you couldn't it, you couldn't get addicted. Yes, you could. There mm-hmm. were people that's I can't deal with life, right? Without getting high. Um. Mm-hmm. 
I can't deal with school without getting high. I can't deal with my mom, my parents without getting high. You name something, they couldn't do anything without getting high first. And um, that's a psychological dependence. Yes. And that's just almost as difficult to break as a physical dependence. And I will tell you one of the things that we teach in RUC and CSR, Relationships Under Construction and Constructing Safe Relationships, is about forgiveness. You know, when we do something wrong, we need forgiveness. And if we don't forgive ourselves and get forgiveness from whoever we hurt, then we set ourselves up for trying to cover up the pain that that causes. And people cover it up with drugs and alcohol and sex. And so uh, it's just a vicious, vicious cycle. And I am just waiting for the day that the uh, talk about forgiveness and asking God for forgiveness for our country, for our um, states, for our homes, for our communities, it needs to trickle all the way down because we have got a mess because people don't know how to forgive and they don't know, they don't even realize they need it and they can't call what they're doing wrong, wrong. They just cover it up. So it's time that we learn about forgiveness all over again. There you go. Talking about that Bible thing again. I know. <laughs> Don't tell anybody I said that. And see, but, this is part part of the problem with, with RUC. We teach biblical principle, but we can't say that's what we're teaching. Exactly. But it's okay. We just teach what's right. Right. You know, and, uh, and 5,000 years of history prove that what we teach is right. And we have tons of medical research and educational research and psychological research that we use to teach what we teach. We're not teaching just anything. We have all the resources to back it up. Yes. That's what's interesting is really the scientific community is very reluctantly, very reluctantly coming around to what we're already, where we already stand firm. Yes. Around to it because there's no other, thing they can do yes and that's that is just the nature of what we do you know the pendulum swings and we we go people go off and try the wrong way because it looks so enticing and they have to go through all the trauma and everything and eventually you come back to what's really true and so um we that's our goal is to try to help kids sort through the mess miss the mess miss the mess and yes and make the right decisions. And we say that good decisions are based on facts, not on feelings. So, and we also tell kids, uh, you are strong and you can make wise choices because right now they're being told they're victims and they can't make good choices. And so uh, we come back and say, no, you are strong and you can make good choices. Yes, that thing about, uh, you know, going with your emotions, oh. um, it, it's rampant everywhere and has been for <laughs> decades. All, I, you know, uh, one of the first things I thought about when, you know, I was thinking about this, do you remember what Jiminy Crickets, um, to bring up a, a character this from Pinocchio, <laughs> what was Jiminy Crickets, uh, always let your conscience be your guide? Yes. Okay, yes. Well, that's fine, unless you're a psychopath. 
Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> um, you know, that's the problem. No, don't let your conscience be your guide. Let the Holy Spirit be your guide. Right, right. Um, and I would ask people to pray at 7.14 a.m. and 7.14 p.m., Second Chronicles 7.14. Yeah, Second Chronicles 7.14. Set your alarms. We are in dire alert here. And uh, set your alarms because that's the only thing that's going to save our country. Uh, we definitely have to, to uh, you know, a weekly I run a prayer meeting on Wednesday nights at Providence Presbyterian in Pataskala, Ohio, uh, 709 <laughs> Summit, Summit Road. And if you want to come pray with us, come pray with us. Um, we do it in person there at the church. Um, but uh, every week I have a, on our prayer list uh, uh, repentance for the nation or nations turning mm -hmm. to Christ in our nation's morality. Well, we're not going to have morality unless we do turn to Christ. You exactly. Can, you can you can try to make the claim, as atheists do, that I'm a moral person uh, and I don't believe in God. And the first thing we say is, what's it based on? Well, it's mm -hmm. based on philosophy of, you know, they'll give you a big long list and it's like, okay, that's all well and good. But what you're doing is you are borrowing my worldview to prop up your moral statements. Really what keeps you from being able to run roughshod through the town? If we're all just bags of protoplasm, exactly. uh, fizzing, fizzing chemicals, then why is it wrong for me to go around and chuck firebombs into my neighbor's homes while they're asleep and, and kill them in their beds? What's wrong with that? Because we're all just accidents. Uh, and they'll say, well, you're hurting another human being. Okay, why is that wrong? It's all humans have equal value. <laughs> That's exactly right. And where does that idea come from? It comes from, you know, it we comes don't tell any, we don't tell anybody. <laughs> you can't. That's right. RUC can't do it. We can do it here on the radio. We're on a Christian yes, radio can. station. And hopefully the Christians that are hearing us aren't going, those people are strange. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, um, there are people, listen, I've run into people in churches and remember that we need to pray for our churches as well, because there's yes. a lot of nonsense. I mean, really bad theology. Exactly. Uh, going on in churches. Uh, all of us on the board at RUC are not necessarily in agreement completely theologically, but we all work as brothers because we all know yes. that we believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, we all know that uh, we believe in the Holy Spirit and we believe in the Father, and uh, we pray for one another. Yes. And uh, um, we don't have to agree completely on, uh, you know, points of doctrine to be able to work together. And th that's where we need to be as a nation. And that's where we were at the founding. There were people uh, at the founding. There were many, many, many different viewpoints. Yes. And people have walked away from the faith and said, you people want to lord it over people. No, we don't. We, we really don't. But there are certain uh, set places that the law needs to say, you can't do that. Right. And I will say one of the things that we teach is the five major religions of the world all teach no sex before marriage, marriage to one, to a man and a woman, one person, you know, one man, and one woman, yep. one, man, one man, one woman and children within marriage. Now, do they all, uh, carry that out exactly the same way no but 
they all believe those tenants, you know, and so, um, you know, if, if, if the five major religions of the world all teach that, there must be a reason they're all teaching that, you know, <laughs> because guess of- what? If they don't, their people will die of, of uh, diseases and they won't have anybody to govern. Listen, so. <laughs> societies that adopt the the uh, mores and the and the uh, morals that we are adopt busy adopting in this country, yes, collapse. Yes, they collapse and they are uh, basically fall into uh, um, depravity and uh, uh, mm-hmm. dictators arise and slaughter and because let's face it, we just laid it out. If there is no God and he has no laws, then nothing really matters. Right. And we know that that's not true. It does matter, and families matter. And we say strong families for everyone, you know? <laughs> so. Exactly. Um, so uh, we're, we're going to, we've got about three minutes left. Okay. And, uh, I, you know, we haven't talked about funding. RUC oh. needs, needs to be able to continue to operate, and we've lost a million dollars in, in yes. state funding. Yes, we um, have. It's it's not a happy thing. But, um, you know, if somebody really would like to help us and make sure that we stay in the schools where they need our message desperately, um, we would ask that you donate through our website at RUC. It stands for Relationships Under Construction, RUC, Inc., I-N-C., dot org and there's a donate button there and that makes it really easy if you uh, don't like to donate online then our mailing address is p.o box 323 sunbury s-u-n-b-u-r-y ohio 43074 repeat it because uh, your support repeat it because you know we're on the radio and Yes, I'll put it. Yeah. I'll put a, a thing at the bottom when we post it on the podcast. Yes, and it's PO Box three two three Sunbury S U N B U R Y Ohio four three zero seven four, and just uh, make it out to R U C. You don't have to even write out relationships under construction. You can just say R U C, and we appreciate your support. And if you if you're uh, up up to driving up to uh, uh, Columbus, the north side of Columbus. Uh, we're having our banquet April 9th. It's a Tuesday, which is unlikely to have <laughs> yeah, a banquet a on that night. Weird night, yeah. Yeah, but we are having it on Tuesday, April 9th at the Villa Milano. Their food is delicious, uh, and we have a fun time, and it's it's really an enjoyable evening. Uh, we, we look forward to 350 to 400 people coming, and... Uh, and it just is really uh, uh, fun to know that you're supporting a program that teaches young people how to have strong families. It's RUCINC.org. Yes. And keep that in mind. Again, I'll put it on a link on the po- when we post the podcast. Okay. And folks, you can go back. Uh, uh, PrincipledPolicy.com has the archives for every show we've ever done. Um, mm-hmm. I know Catherine told me she's had trouble getting into it. I'm about to fix that. I figured out what the, <laughs> some of the trouble is. Uh, some of you who are a little more computer savvy can uh, figure out how to bypass the, your browser's stupid security thing. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a uh, 
a security uh, certificate because we didn't need one. You know, we're not selling anything and there's nothing stored on our site. Well, I'm getting one. So uh, yes. that being said, so uh, again, vote no in November. Right. If one and two are, are a big no. <laughs> Okay, you know what we think. We want to know what you think. www.principledpolicy.com. That's principledpolicy.com. And join us again next week for another Principles and Policies.